Well, hello, everyone. I am your host, Colton Prater, and this is the Fires of Revival podcast, and I am honored that you would take the time to turn in and listen to this episode. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. Uh, Say thank you again to all those that have given the podcast a review or have shared with others. And I challenge you to continue doing the same thing and continue sharing it with others. That way the podcast can get out to new people and that it can help grow it and that it will further its influence and further its reach because of listeners like you. So I just want to say thank you for that. And with that in mind, we'll jump jump into this here. We'll have a word of prayer and then jump into our message here. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to preach this message. Father, I know this is the message that you want me to preach, and I know that this is the one you want everyone to hear, and I ask that you be with all those that are listening in, that they'll take this message, apply it to their life, that they will draw closer to you, that they will use this to help strengthen their faith, Father. I just want to say I love you and thank you for this day, and in your son's name, amen. So this message here, I will admit, is a little different than what what I normally would preach on this podcast. If you've listened in recently or any at all, you know that all the messages I've preached have been more devotional thoughts or maybe sermonic in nature with like a sermon style to with points and that kind of thing. But this here, this is more of an apologetics-based message, more one on answer to your faith type of message or type thing here. And we're going to look at a question that skeptics like to bring up to Christians and that even a question that other Christians may have and fellow believers have in their own life that they wonder. And we're going to look at this question and we're going to answer it according to the Bible, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about this question. But this question here is our title, and we're just going to dive in and look at it here and compare it to the Bible and so forth. But the question here that skeptics and believers alike bring up, and this is our title, is, How can a good God send people to hell? How can a good God send people to hell? All those that aren't Christians like to bring up the fact, well, if your God is so loving, as it says in John three sixteen, if your God is so loving... Why does he send people to hell? Why do people die and go to hell if God is so loving? Why can't he save everybody? People like to bring that up, even Christians that are new in the faith, that don't know better, that, or even those that have been raised in church their entire life but have never asked, maybe even wondered the same question. I know that I've wondered this question when I was younger, and we all have questions about the faith, and there's nothing wrong with having questions, but we have to be be willing to go to the Bible to find the answer, and we have to be willing to put some research in and ask people, to find the answer for our faith, to find the answer of our faith in the Bible. Because I can guarantee you every question a skeptic brings up can be answered in the Bible. Every question someone tries to bring up to get you shaken from your faith, you can find that answer in the Bible, whether directly, almost word for word, or maybe a principle that the Bible gives that can apply to your situation to the question that you've been asked. But we have to dig into the Bible. And see, I believe that's where a lot of Christians go wrong and a lot of Christians quit on the faith And when, the, when a question comes or when hard times comes is because they don't have the discipline to dig into the book. They don't have the getting it personality, the, the ability within them to make them want to look in the Bible to find the answer. They think, you know what, he asked a question, I don't know the answer to it, so I'm just going to quit. Well, that's the wrong thing to do, that we are to be preparing for the day of adversity, as it mentions in the Bible. We are to be preparing for when hard times come and when people ask, a, ask us questions that we may not know the answer to. So I would challenge you to, in your free time and so forth, maybe look up the answers to the faith in the Bible. You know, Maybe think of some questions that you might not know the answer to that you think a skeptic may ask and look for it in the Bible. Do some research and you will find it and it will help strengthen your faith for years and years to come. And it will help strengthen you for when the hard times and the adversity comes. But getting back on track here, how can a good God send people to hell? Now, our text for this question is found in 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 
And this verse single-handedly disarms the question, but we're also going to look at other verses as well to help add ammunition to this, to help further disarm it, and to further discuss how you can talk to other people about this question. But 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, as I said, that question is often asked, is a question that's often asked by skeptics and believers alike. And sadly, most Christians or most people that say they're saved couldn't answer this. If you ask a saved person, the average Joe Christian down the road, you ask them, how can a good God send people to hell? They would probably be dumbfounded and wonder, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. And that's the sad reality is that most Christians couldn't answer this simple question and can't answer this simple question because they don't know. Because simply the fact that they are ignorant and that they just haven't researched the issue as they ought to. Because the Bible says to study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Meaning that we should be constantly in this Bible, constantly studying for the issues of life and finding the answers to these that are in the Bible that we can apply to our life and the lives of other Christians. But this question is often asked, and the sad thing is most Christians wouldn't know how to handle it. And many Christians, if you ask them, they would get to thinking and they would probably end up quitting the faith because they just don't know the answer and they just haven't searched the scriptures enough. But Second Peter 3, 9 here gives the simple response. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. It is here not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So first of all, about this question, this question assumes wrongly. The question that atheists and fellow believers that are doubting ask it assumes wrong. It assumes first, it, it assumes that God sends people to hell against their own will. It assumes that God is actively sending people to hell, which isn't true. That's not true at all. According to this verse, it says that God is long-suffering to us, and it says that he's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that anyone should perish. Now, if God is not willing that any should perish, does that mean? does that sound to you like an angry God pushing people off into the pits of hell, throwing them into hell? That's not. See, because God is a God of love. Now, God is a God of just, he's a just God, he's a God of judgment, which is true, but God is also a God of love, and he is willing, and he wants everybody to be saved. He wants every person to trust Christ as Savior and to go to heaven. Now, is that going to happen? No, but he wants that to happen. That's God's will. It says that he's not willing that any should perish. As I said, this question that people like to ask, it assumes wrongly, it assumes that God sends people to hell against their own will, which isn't true. See, God is love, and he desires all to be saved, yet we all know not, not everyone's going to be saved. Not everyone is going to trust Christ as their Savior. And see, here's the neat thing about God and what he did. This is really beautiful here in the creation. If you go back to Genesis, we're not going to turn there. I'm just going to talk about it and paraphrase it. But in the beginning chapters of Genesis, we find, find that God created the entire universe. He created all the fish of the sea, all the animals of land, the sky, the stars, the mountains, everything we see God created. Yet he didn't want a robotic creation, and when he made man, he gave us free will. When he created Adam and Eve, he gave them free will because he didn't want robots. He wanted people that wanted to serve him and loved him and cherished him, but he didn't want to force it upon people. He didn't want to make it to where Adam and Eve were forced to serve God out of a robotic nature. He wanted them to willingly choose to serve God. That's why God put the one temptation up for them as we find that they messed up in Genesis chapter 3 because he wanted them, to, out of everything, to choose God. And God does the same thing with us, that this nature of free will went on from Adam and Eve all the way to everybody from time past to present to future. 
everybody is born of the free will and a free nature to choose as we please and to make our own decisions. You know, for instance, if I wanted to this morning, I could have got up and I could have put a red shirt on because I have the choice to do that. I didn't. I put a gray shirt on. But I had the choice. I could have put on a blue shirt or a black shirt. You know, I'm just using this as an example here, but we all have free will to make any choice that we please. And God wanted us to willingly choose to serve him. He wanted us to choose God over everyone else. He wanted us to choose. Yet Adam and Eve messed up, so God had to make a way for them to go to heaven by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross thousands of years later to pay for the sin debt of the entire world. But God didn't want a robotic creation, so he gave us free will so we can make choices ourselves. See, God gives us the choice to be saved and live for him, and he also gives us the choice to choose to reject him and later burn in hell if we so desire. See, God makes it plain and simple. You can either choose him or choose the world. We can decide to follow him and decide to put our faith in him and trust him as Savior and go to heaven when we die. Or we can choose to reject him, reject Christianity, and later die and go to hell if we choose. See, God gives us the choice. You know, Matthew 23, 37, I'd ask you to turn there if you have a Bible with you. But Matthew 23, verse 37, this is Christ speaking here. And in uh, Matthew 23, 37, he's lamenting here over Jerusalem and the nation. And he's very sad. And he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. See, for in this passage here, he's speaking to Israel. And you know, Israel, he said, chose to reject the prophets who brought their only hope of salvation. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. He's saying to Israel, hey, we've sent, I've sent prophets to come share the, the good news to you. I've sent prophets that have come to tell you of the coming Messiah. I have sent prophets to spread this good news so that you can have salvation. But he says that you stoned them and killed them, that you pushed it aside, that you got rid of the, the answer. You got rid of, you pushed the answer aside. They pushed their only hope of salvation. They chose to reject the Messiah. They chose to reject him, not to accept him. And just like that with us, we have the choice to either choose Christ or to reject Christ. It's as simple as that. We can either choose to serve him, choose to trust him as Savior, choose to be saved, or we can willingly choose to reject him and go to hell. It's as simple as that. We can either choose to accept him or reject him. It's either a yes or a no. As simple one or two answer thing. You can either choose to accept or reject. It's as simple as that. And that is the question here. You know, C.S. Lewis, he's a famed apologist in the 1940s, 50s, 60s. I believe he died in the 70s. I could be wrong. But he was, nonetheless, he was a famed apologist of the 20th century. And he had a, he wrote a book on hell called The uh, Screw Tape Letters. And then he wrote another one on the called The Great Divorce. And they were both on hell. And he made a few statements on hell that are extremely profound. And I want to read a few of these for you here. It's, it's about a paragraph long, so just bear on as I'm reading and pay attention. And it says, The door to hell is only locked on the inside, so those that go to hell willingly open the door themselves. There are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, Thy will be done, and those to whom God says, Thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self-choice, there, there could be no hell. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek, find. Those who knock, it is opened. See, he's talking, he said, one thing that I thought was most profound about that, he said, the door to hell is only locked on the inside. Meaning that everyone who goes to hell goes willingly. They willingly chose to reject Christ 
And they have gone to hell because they said the door to get into hell is unlocked and wide open. and You can walk right through it. But once you go into hell, you can't come back. The door to get out is locked and it's locked forever and you can never leave that. And say people choose to go to hell. People like to say, well, a good God, God, if he's so good, why did he, why does he send people to hell? That's the wrong question to be asking. The wrong question to be at, the right question to be asking is, well, why did such and such, why do people reject Christ? Not why did Christ send them to hell? No, it's why do they reject Christ? Why do they reject the good news of the gospel? And we need to spin the question back on them asking, well, why did they reject Christ? Not why did God send them to hell? Because that's the wrong thing to be asking because that's, that's not true. God doesn't willingly send people to hell. He doesn't want to do that. That's why God made heaven. That's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay for every man's sin debt. He did that because he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Yet people still to this day choose to go to hell, and that's their choice, not God's. God did not choose them to go to hell. He did not say, you're going to hell, and I'm going to send you there. That's not, that's not what God does. That's not in his nature to do that. Yes, the price must be paid for sin, and you must either accept Christ paying it, or you can try paying it on your own, which earns you hell. But God does not willingly send every. He does not send people to hell on his own will. He, he doesn't send people to hell because he just wants to do that. God sends people to hell because they chose to go there, and he's just allowing them to go there. That's, that's what we need to be saying as Christians. As I said earlier, it's God's will for all to be saved. Because according to John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world, meaning he loved everybody. It says that he sent his son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. That is why God, that's why God sent his son to Christ to die on the cross. He sent his son to pay for our sin debt so that all can be saved and that all can come to repentance and that all can come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Because God wants to see everybody saved. You know, 2 Timothy 4.4, 4, we're going to look here, it's the, it's the flip side of John 3.16. But 2 Timothy 4.4, 4, it says, it's referring to the end times here, it says, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, according to John 3, 16, it says that for God to love the world, meaning he loved everybody, meaning he made a way for everybody to be saved and for everybody to trust Christ as Savior. Yet 2 Timothy 4, 4 says, and they shall turn away their ear, or turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Meaning that people are going to choose to reject the truth. People are going to choose to reject Christianity. People are going to choose to reject Jesus Christ. That's, that's, and the sad thing is that's just part of how life is going to be, is that People are going to, people have chose to reject Christ. And that's the sad reality of the nature is that people choose to reject Christ, not God sending them to hell himself. So according to that verse, people will reject the truth. And eventually, if they do reject the truth and die, then they're going to burn in hell forever. And that's just a part of how life is, is that they're going to eventually burn in hell. We all know that according to Romans 3.23, that God is just and he must punish sin because it says, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. That means everybody is that everybody is a sinner. Everybody is messed up at some point. That we're all going to fall short of God. It means that God is just and that he must punish sin, which is why there's hell. But according to 1 John 4.16, I'll ask if you have a Bible to turn there, please, and read it along with me. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. It says there, God is a God of love. God is a God of love. And we see that by looking at the cross. The cross alone proves that God is a God of love. That God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sin debt. Because he doesn't want us to go to hell. He did everything in his power 
without taking free will from us so that we have a way to go to heaven. He said, you know what? You have your choice to choose between death and life, heaven and hell. So I'm going to make a way for you to choose heaven. I'm going to make a way for you to accept my son as your savior and that you can go to heaven. I want to make a way for you to go to heaven and not to hell because he loves us. But he still gives us the free will. He still gives us the choice to choose him or to reject him. And that's the simple nature of the ideology here is that us as human beings have the choice. The choice is ours. I can make the choice to serve God or I can make the choice not to. I can make the choice to trust Christ as Savior and be a Christian and be on my way to heaven or I can reject the plan of salvation and live a life that's pleasing to the world and go to hell. It's as simple as that. We have the choice. It's really a matter of choice. That's what the matter of the, the issue is. It's a matter of choice, not a matter of God sending people to hell because he wants to. That's the false narrative. That, that's simply just not true. Because God loves everyone, and he wants everyone to trust him as Savior, and he wants everyone to go to heaven. So that's why he made that way. Because God is love. God is a God of love because he loves us. As we saw in John three sixteen, that God so loved the world. See, God doesn't want everyone to go to hell, but people still choose to go to hell because we have free will. You know, people must choose to accept Christ's love, because if you have to force someone to love you, then it's not love. I'll read that again. I want you to think about it. People must choose to accept Christ's love because if you have to force someone to love you, then it's not love. You know, it's a contradiction to force people to love God. So that's why God gave us the free will so that we can willingly choose to follow Christ or not. Because love is a choice. Love is an action. If you're forcing someone to love you or forcing someone to love Jesus without their consent as like a robotic thing, like you have to, that, my friend, isn't love. That's a robot. That's just someone programmed to do something regardless. And that God is a God of love and he wants us to love him. And we have to make that choice. And when we make that choice, we are saying that we love God. We are showing God that we love him and that we are accepting his love. So we must choose to accept it. Because if you're being forced, then it's really not love at all. If you're being forced, it's robotic in nature. And that's not love at all. That's, that's the opposite of love. That's just going through the motions there. And that's not who God is. That's not, that's not what God wants. He wants us to have free will to choose him above everyone else. He wants us to choose him from the world. He wants us to choose him over the world, choose him over Satan and this life here because he wants us to be saved. But we have to make the choice and choose. Because of this, God had to make a hell for those who choose to reject him. See, hell is there not because God wants to send us there. It's there because there has to be a place to pay for our sins for those that reject Christ. Because he made hell for, see, originally God made hell for the angels, for those that, the angels that decided to join Lucifer there and have a rebellion against God, and he made that place for them. But when Adam and Eve fell in sin, the, the rest of the world began to fall into sin as well. Ever since then, everybody has fallen into sin, and all those that don't accept Christ as Savior have to go to hell because of their sin debt. They can't go to heaven because of the sin debt in the way. And that, you know, in short, Wrapping everything up here, as I said, you know, God had to make a hell for those who chose to reject him. In short, it is wrong to say that God sends people to hell because we willingly do that with our free will. We, do, we, we willingly do that with our own nature. People that choose to reject God have chose in their hearts, whether they realize it or not, that they're going to go to hell. Not God saying, I'm sending you there because I want to. It's us choosing ourselves. I'm going to hell because I did this or I'm going to heaven because I'm trusting in Christ's blood. That died on the Christ did on the cross to pay for my sin debt. You know, people send themselves to hell. That's the simple issue. People send themselves to hell 
not God. Hell was created for the angels who rejected God and all people on earth who choose to reject Christ's gift of salvation. Because as I've said, I'll say it again and again, but Christ loves each and every one of us, and that's why he died on the cross for your sin, friend, and for my sin, and for every person that's ever lived before me and ever will live right, that's, that's living right now and everyone who will live after me. Christ died on the cross for your sin, and don't ever forget that. If you're ever doubting if God loves you, look at the cross. If you ever think God doesn't love you like you think he does, or you think, well, God's unjust, what about this, what about this, or that, whatever the case is, whatever doubt you may have, look to the cross. The cross will be the answer. Look to Christ's death. Read the gospel. See what Christ went through for you and for me so he could please the Father there and do what God told him to do because God is a God of love. And God loves you and God loves me. And he made a way. He loves us so much. He made a way for us to go to heaven. All we have to do is believe in him and his son's name and call out to him and ask him to save us in faith. And he will. But we have to choose. So as I said, it's us who send ourselves to hell, not God. So the question, if someone ever asks you, you know, how can a good God send people to hell? Or something along those lines of, why does God, if God is a God of love, why does he send people to hell? Then you can show them that verse there, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I'll read it again here, just that way you can have it. But Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That last phrase, I'll read it again. But is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because God wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to. But he gives us the choice to either choose or reject him. It's as simple as that. And if you're listening in and you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, and you might have rejected him up to this point, uh, this point, I challenge you, reach out to me. You can comment on the podcast there. You can reach out. I believe my email is on there and phone number and so forth. And you can reach out and you can contact me. And I will feel free to, and I would love to answer any questions you may have about this issue and about this matter. Even if you're not saved or even if you are saved, but you're having doubts, you're just having questions about what I just talked about or other questions that are similar to this in nature. You know, don't be scared. Feel free to reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to others. A friend you may have that's a Christian. Reach out to people and ask them these questions and they'll be glad to answer them for you. But that's all really this message is, is just how can a good God send people to hell? And the simple, the simple answer is that we send ourselves to hell, not God sending us. That we are the ones who choose to go to hell with our actions, whether we choose to accept or reject Christ. So that's the simple answer to the question that people like to pose. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. I ask you to be with all those that are listening in, that they'll take this message, apply it to their life, that if they're having any doubts, any uncertainties, that you will help answer them, Father that they'll listen to this message, they'll take it and apply it to their life, and that they'll get their faith anchored in you, that they'll get their faith anchored in your word, Father. I ask that if there's anyone that was listening in that wasn't saved, that they'll end up trusting you as Savior as a message, as a result of this message, Father. Uh, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to preach this message, and in your Son's name, amen.